Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. 2020, I said this last week, 2020, I believe, was what it was, or, in this, or what I mean by that is it was what we allowed it to be. You know, uh, there were definitely moments in 2020 that were difficult. Um, you know, the, if you get online, I, I, I love memes. So, you know, I love, that's the only reason why I am even on Facebook is because I, I just find memes hilarious. And you'll find, you'll see all those memes about how horrible 2020 was. And I laugh at those things. And I realized 2020 was an extremely difficult year, some more so for others. Um, you know, so some had a really difficult time. Others, it was just, you know, another year dealing with different things. But I really think that 2020 was what we allowed it to be. If you paid attention, there was a lot to learn last year. If you, if you opened yourself up to really pay attention to what was happening, I think there was a lot that we could have learned or we did learn in 2020. One thing as a whole, as a congregation, I think 2020 did, not, not just as a congregation, but as the church really worldwide, but I'm thinking specifically here in America, I think 2020 was a shaking. Yes. I think 2020 really made us rethink how we operate as a body. And really it forced us to, right? Especially the beginning of the year when the whole world shut down and that whole thing happened. It really forced us out of our comfort zone. It forced us out of doing things the normal way. It forced us out of, of, of uh, you know, just a lot, even a lot of the programs and things that we use in the church, which, which are all good things. Um, but it really was a year, I believe, of shaking. I, I'm, I, I didn't bring it up here with me, but I'm reminded, uh, I've been reminded this whole week of a word um, from Brian Wise, a prophetic word that he spoke back in March. Uh, when this thing really first started hitting. And it was a vision that he saw during one of our prayer meetings, during one of our Zoom prayer meetings. And just in a nutshell, what it was, was what he saw was this, was this, this man standing there. And he, he began to see a virus uh, attach itself to this man's arms. And he saw as the virus worked up both of his arms. And as the virus worked up, it, it just began to disintegrate the arms of the man to where by the time the virus was all the way up, it stopped at the shoulders. But by the time the virus worked its all way, all the way through his arms, his arms were gone. He was, he no longer exists. He was stumpy. You know, he was just a stump standing there. And then the, the, the vision went on and he saw two scenarios. He saw the in the first scenario, he saw these prosthetic arms come down and the, and attach itself to the man. And it, and it said that, that the, the man began to try to do things that he did bef with his previous arms. He tried to, to do the same things and, and to do the same task and different things. Uh, but he noticed that it was very clunky and awkward and he couldn't quite get the hang of it. And, and it was just, it was just, it wasn't the same as it was when, when he had his first arms. So that was the first scenario. The second scenario he saw was the man standing there crying out to heaven for the answer to the virus, crying out to heaven for where to move on from here, how to, to advance on from here. And in that scenario, after the man cried out to God for that, he began to see new arms grow out of the man. 
and, uh, and, and become full on the man. And it said, but these arms were different than the previous arms. They were stronger. They were more flexible. They, he said in the, in the vision that they were more equipped to perform the task at hand. And uh, in the middle of all of that, uh, as he was having that vision, uh, I began actually to pray out about Isaiah 58, about being repairs of cities, restorers of communities. And he said what he saw was that the new arms equipped the body to be repairs of cities and restorers of communities and to do the task at hand. But the, but the man who was trying to use the prosthesis and trying to keep doing the same thing that had always been done before was unable to advance because it was just clunky and awkward. And he was just caught up trying to recreate what was before with something that wasn't the same. And I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that this, this week. The Lord's been reminding me of that vision. And I don't know about you, but I want to make sure I'm the man number two. Where I'm not trying to recreate something of old. Recreate something that was, but instead to cry out to God for something new and allow him to, to strengthen us and equip us for the task that lays before us and not keep trying to recreate what laid behind us. I think 2020 was a year of shaking. I, and what I mean by that, I think 2020 was a shifting year that, that we're not going to be able to go back to the way it was before. And we have to be okay with that. That things may look different than they did in 2019, in 2021, and, and on. And we have to be okay with that. You know, we could go back to the way things were. But the word is to advance forward and allow him to create something new. So as a congregation this year, what I've been praying this week is that we would not try to recreate something. But instead, we would look to the Father and obey his every command and follow him into the future, into 2021, and do what he has designed us to do and has redesigned us to do. And then we will see us become what I believe repairs of cities, restorers of communities, but will also be fulfilled in him. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to start off just by saying that I'm actually in some ways thankful for 2020. Because I really believe it made the church shake. And you had a, we had a decision to make. We would either wake up and realize God is moving us in a different way. Or we would be fall into this complacent, complaining, I wish it would, could be the way that it was kind of mindset. We had a choice one way or the other. And I don't know about you, but I'm choosing to follow Jesus into 2021. And wherever he leads us. Whatever thing he has for us, even if it looks completely different than it has in the past, I say yes to it. Amen? Amen. All right. I also want to, before, it's obviously today is the word of the year, right? I mean, you can't be at Harmony Christian Church on the first Sunday of the new year and not have a word for the year. You can't do it. But before, I, I just like, I like making you guys wait. If, if you were paying attention, I already said the word. But you, some of you know what it is, but some of you don't. That's all right. But before I shared the word, I feel like the Lord is highlighting this year. I want to clarify something else. I want to say this as well. That while we are 
receiving a new word for the year, it does not mean that we leave the previous words behind. We have a tendency as people in general, this, is, this isn't just Christians, this is really just, just human nature. We're always looking for the new thing. Like, what's the next thing? What's, and especially here at the beginning of the year, you know, 2020 was what it was, it's over, now let's start something new. And I want to tell you that that's, that's not the kingdom. That, that today we are not leaving wonder behind and starting into a new word. We are actually growing still in wonder. We're not leaving wonder. Just like the year before was the word encounter. We never left the idea of encounter. We're still chasing after and believing for encounters. The year before that was the word joy. We never left joy. You know, that was 2018, I believe. We never left joy. We take these words from the Father and we go from glory to glory in them. We don't go to the new thing and leave the old thing behind. We're constantly building constantly growing. So we're not leaving wonder behind. In fact, and it was really difficult for me at first really to, to have a new word because I didn't want to leave wonder because I believe we still have a long ways to go in wonder. And, and, and it, but then the Lord just reminded me softly, like you're not leaving wonder. We're growing from wonder. Amen. Just like uh, I, I was sitting here thinking last year, uh, I felt like there was a couple different things I, uh, that the Lord highlighted that we were going to grow into in 2020. If you remember, it was moving more into the prophetic was one of them. Moving deeper into worship, becoming repairers of cities, restorers of communities. Those were the, those were the main ones I felt like the Lord was going to begin highlighting and growing us in in 2020. And, and I, so I sat down and was like, okay, well, Lord, what's the focus this year? He said, moving in the prophetic. Moving deeper into worship and becoming repairs of cities and restorers of communities. Though maybe the only addition I felt like I had to that was going deeper into the word and into study. You know, I, I, we, we, we preach a lot uh, here at Harmony Christian Church, uh, which is awesome. But I feel like maybe this year we're going to go line upon line, precept upon precept. And maybe we're going to spend some studies not preaching at you, but just digging in and studying the word of God and becoming, uh, and becoming very familiar with the scriptures. You know, so, so those, those things, we're not moving away from them. I feel like we're just building upon those in this coming year, deeper into the prophetic, that we're going to begin hearing the voice of the Lord and declaring it uh, more and more and more regularly, that we're going to move deeper into worship into the heart of worship, which really has a lot to do with wonder, that we're going to move deeper into that, that we're going to move deeper into this idea of becoming repairers of cities, restorers of communities. You know, that was difficult to do this year because everything was closed. You couldn't do anything, right? You know, I think we advanced a lot at Harmony House this year. And so I think, you know, that was really where we saw a lot of growth with this identity of becoming repairs of cities and restorers of communities. But I think we have a lot more to grow in that area. And so, um, and then again, I feel like we're going to move deeper into the word this year. That study of the word and becoming more familiar with the scriptures is going to be another thing we're going to be doing this year. Amen? Amen? All right, I'll get into the word. You ready? When I first heard this word in prayer, which was probably about two or three weeks ago, I, uh, I wasn't totally sure about it because 
I, I am a big proponent of staying away from cliche things, right? Like I, if it's cliche and if it's kind of overdone, I, I tend to buck that uh, because I just don't like things, you know, overdone or whatever. And so when I first heard this word, I'm like, man, I, I don't know about it. it. It just didn't sound right. So let me just tell you the word and I'll explain. You ready? Feel, I always feel like we need a drum roll, but Amber always gives me a face. It's okay. No, you don't have to do a drum roll. I appreciate it anyway. Just imagine it. For Amber, I won't do it. Maybe I will. Go, go ahead. Give me a drum roll. There we go. All right. You ready? I felt like the word for the year is fulfillment. Fulfillment. And like I said, when I first heard that word, I was like, my first thought was I pictured the, the TV evangelist, the TV preacher up there going that 2021 is going to be the year of fulfillment where all your wildest dreams are going to come true. And then if you subscribe and become partners with my ministry and send me $50 a month, I will send you a prayer shawl dipped in anointing oil from Israel. You know, one of those, that's kind of what I just pictured, right? If you want to send me $50 a month, I'm okay with that. But that's, that's what I picture. I'm like, God, really fulfillment? We're going to go from wonder into fulfillment. You know, like all your wildest dreams are going to come true. And so I kind of struggled with it at first. And, and I, as I continued just, just listening and hearing, I realized that that's not at all what he meant by fulfillment. What he meant by fulfillment was not, not that all of our prophetic words are going to happen in 2021. That everything's going to go perfect and you're, you're going to be, all of the dreams that you have and your desires are all going to be fulfilled in 2021. What I heard was this, was that your fulfillment is going to be found in me and in me alone this year. That you're going to, to move into wholeness, not because all of your wildest dreams come true, but because you're going to find your fulfillment in me and in me alone. And so that's, that's what I felt like I heard from the Lord this year. But then what was interesting was I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. Like that's that, that I can move forward in that, that our fulfillment is in him and in him alone, period. And so I'm like, okay, God, I, I can deal with that word. But then, but then he, he kind of messed me up a little bit because he was like, but, but it does mean that there will be fulfillment in some of the prophetic words and things this coming year. But it's as a byproduct of being fulfilled in me. Does that make sense? That yes, we can move into miracles, signs, wonders this year, but it doesn't come because we sought after those things and chase those things. I'm going to get way deeper into all of this. But it comes as a byproduct of being satisfied and content with seeking his face and his face only. And that through that fulfillment, then we can move in to fulfillment of some of these other things. I, uh, I've learned, and Pastor Ron can probably attest to this as well. Uh, I've learned that when you're the lead pastor, about this time of the year, there's a lot of people coming up to you saying, hey, have you got a word for the year yet? I got a word for the year. You know what I mean? Like, and they, they want to kind of confirm that with you. I had several people doing that, which I love. I, I, want, I want that because it, one, it confirms in me what I'm hearing. Uh, but then I love to hear what he's speaking to other people. And so I had that happen. And what I was really hoping for 
was the kind of confirmation we had in 2018 with the word joy, where, uh, where it was Pastor Ron had said, hey, I feel like the Lord's going to give you the word for the year. Be praying about it. And so a few weeks later, we talked and I told him what I heard. And he's like, I heard the exact same thing. That's the word. You know, I, I was hoping for that kind of confirmation. So every time they would be, they'd be like, hey, I, I feel like I got a word. I'm like, yes, what is it? It's fulfillment. It's fulfillment. Hope. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's good too. You know, <laughs> and so that's what it kind of was. So let me, but, but listen, as, as I heard the different people explaining their word to me this year, what I saw was the Lord piecing together all of these puzzles. And, that, and it really did all confirm this word for the year. Let me tell you the different words. The first one I heard from was Matthew Seibel, which I think is teaching a class this morning. And he came up to me. He's like, Josh, he's like, I've never heard a word for the year. Like that's never been really my thing. But for some reason this year, it's, I'm telling you, it's harmony. <laughs> you know, the, the anointing of the house is rubbing off. He's like, I heard, I heard a word uh, word for the year. And I was like, okay, well, tell me what it is. I'm like, fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment. He's like, revival. I keep hearing the word revival. And I'm like, oh, I love that. You know, I love the word revival. That's not what I'm hearing, but that's all right. You know, that, there can be more than one word for the year, right? Uh, and I was like, I love that revival. So, so I was thinking through all, and all of that. And then I asked Cam, I told him, I, I wanted to kind of try to pull a pastor around and be like, hey, I want you to listen and then you tell me what the word is. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. He's going to get the same word. And I'm like, Cam, what, what word are you hearing? And he's like, hope. I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Hope. We need hope, right? I'm like, I asked him this morning, I'm like, why did you, why do you feel like you're hearing hope? And he's like, have you basically, have you seen 2020? <laughs> like we need some hope for 2021. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's right on. We need hope, you know, in this next year. And then uh, he was next. Oh, Paul. Paul called me up this last week and he, he tells me, he's like, hey, or actually he texts me. He's like, hey, have you got a word for the year yet? And I'm like, I think I do. You know, I've just been kind of meditating on it, praying about it. He's, I'm, and I was like, why do you, are you hearing something? Well, I think so. And, and uh, so we kind of went back and forth and, and he was kind of him hauling around. He didn't really want to tell me what it was for sure. He didn't want to be influenced me and all that. But then he, I finally pulled it out of him and he said, I'm hearing miracles. The word for the year, I, I really, I, the word I'm hearing is miracles. And he's like, I know that's, that's a big swing, right? <laughs> to, to declare miracles from 2021. And I was like, hey, and, and it, it was really when, when I heard that word, I began realizing revival, hope, miracles. These are all things that we've been believing and praying for, for I don't know how long, right? We've been talking about all of these things and believing for all of these things. And, and the word I'm hearing is fulfillment, but then all of these other people are hearing these words of revival, miracles, hope, all of these things. Pastor Ron heard the word uh, anticipation, and I, I'm excited because next week he's going to come and bring a word that the Father has been given him, uh, dealing with the idea of waiting on the Lord and being in anticipation. And so we're all of these words coming together, fitting like a puzzle and hearing this word fulfillment that, that this year, I, I really believe with all of my heart, I believe that this year we're going to begin seeing our prayers for revival start taking place. That our prayers for miracles are going to start taking place. That hope is going to be infused in all of our hearts. 
And then we will be carriers of hope to those around us. I believe it with everything in me that all of those things that we're going to be, I don't know about you, but, but I, I, I know the church and I'm, I'm speaking church as everybody, not just us. We've gotten really good at saying revival's coming. Miracles are coming. Like everything's always coming, right? <laughs> everything's always coming. I'm ready to begin walking in it. I, I'm, I'm ready to stop saying it's coming and to start declaring that it's here. Amen. And this year, I'm declaring that revival is here, that miracles are in this room, that the sign, listen, God didn't say the signs will eventually follow those who believe, said it will follow those who believe. We're going to begin walking in all of that. I believe starting now, we've already started, right? We've already started. I believe it's going to become more and more and more prominent in this year. Amen. Now we're going to find fulfillment, but let me, let me backtrack once again. I'm believing for all of those things to happen, but it cannot, let me say it this way, it should not happen outside of finding fulfillment in him. Amen? We have to find our fulfillment with him. We have to be careful in what we pursue, or I should say the motivation behind our pursuit. That revival Miracles, hope, all of those things are absolutely worthy things to pursue. But when our, when our pursuit is for those things, I think we have to be careful of our motivation. Let, I'm going to show you that in this, in this story here. Uh, in John chapter 6, starting in verse 25. John 6, verse 25. Let me give you a little context of what's happening. Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000 uh, and then took a walk on the water. Remember, he fed the 5,000, went off and prayed, and then walked on the water across the sea and was then in another land. I believe Capernaum is where he was. Yeah, walked across the lake to Capernaum. And so that's, that's where we're at when we start here in verse 25. It says, uh, and so he walked across the land and then the same 5,000 that he had just fed, had just witnessed that miracle, then went off searching for Jesus. And we start there in verse 25. It says, when they finally found him, they asked him, teacher, how did we get here? Jesus replied, let me make this very, or how did you get here? Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Let me read that again. Let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the son of man, am ready to give you what matters most. For God, the father, has destined me for this purpose. He's come to give us what matters most. God has destined him for this purpose. They replied, so what should we do if we, what should we do if we want to do God's work? Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one who, has, who he has sent. 
They replied, show us a miracle so we can see it and then we'll believe in you. Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform for us? The crowd came with a specific goal in mind. And that goal was to receive a miracle from Jesus. Their specific goal was to seek a miracle from Jesus. They wanted bread, right? They, they were fed by Jesus and they wanted more food from Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus perform a miracle. But then as we see Jesus begin talking to them and then he declares in verse 48, he says, I am the bread. You came for a miracle, but I am the miracle. You came specifically to be fed again at my hand, but what you don't realize is the bread I gave you will perish, but if you consume me, the bread of life, it will never perish, okay? Let's, let's continue reading now in verse 48. Jesus says, I am the true bread of life. He says, your ancestors ate manna in the desert and died. But standing here before you is the true bread that comes out of heaven. And when you eat this bread, you will never die. I alone am this living bread that has come to you from heaven. Eat the bread and you will live forever. The living bread I give you is my body, which I will offer as a sacrifice so that all may live. These words of Jesus sparked an angry outburst among the Jews. They protested saying, does this man expect us to eat his body, right? So they're all confused. Jesus just told them in order to have eternal life, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were all like, this dude's crazy. So Jesus goes on and clarifies all of this in verse 53 and helps, helps them understand what he's saying by saying, listen to this eternal truth. Unless you eat my body, the son of man and drink his blood, you will not have eternal life. Jesus clarified, right? <laughs> they were all in outrage thinking this man expects me to eat his body. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Let me explain. You have to eat me <laughs> to have eternal life. He doesn't bother explaining any of it. I love that about this passage that they were, the crowds were outraged. They were offended at Jesus's words, the, the passion translation said, says that they actually said, this is disgusting. And then they were offended and the 5,000 that came for a miracle turned and left Jesus because they could not understand. They could not make sense of what Jesus was saying. And I love the fact that Jesus does not bother clarifying. In fact, he never clarifies even to his disciples he doesn't ever clarify until the night before he goes to the cross and he stands up at the last supper and breaks the bread and pours the wine and serves the disciples. It wasn't until that moment that the disciples realized, oh, Jesus doesn't literally mean I have to take a bite out of his arm in order to have eternal life, right? I love that about Jesus, that, that, that he was willing to let them be offended at his word. So the crowds leave. The crowds turn away because they were offended at him. But I love verse 67. 
Everybody has left. The 5,000 that came to watch and witness Jesus perform another miracle. All of them left. And who was standing there was the only one left standing was his disciples. And so Jesus looked at them and he said to the 12, and you, do you also want to leave? Peter spoke up and said, but Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. We're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. The crowds that came, were their, their fascination with Jesus was in what he could give them. The crowd's fascination with Jesus was in what he could produce for them. But the disciples' fascination with Jesus was who he was. Not what he could give them, but who he was. That Peter looked at him and he said, listen, we don't, we don't get it. We don't understand what you're saying, but where else are we going to go? That, that we are fully convinced that you are the son of God. And so we are going to follow you, even if the truth seems offensive. Even if we don't fully comprehend or understand what you're saying or doing, you have the words of eternal life. You are the son of God. And I'm not after what's in your hand. I'm after you. I'm after who you are. There's another verse. And I believe it's in, let me look here. It's in Matthew chapter seven. And Jesus is talking and, and he says, uh, go ahead and pull that verse up. Let me just read it. It says, on the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will have to say to them, Jesus is saying this, but I will have to say to them, go away from me. You lawless rebels. I've never joined to you. That we, here's the danger I think we could find ourselves in if we're not careful. That we could become like the crowd and we, we want to see the miracles. We want to see revival so desperately that we begin pursuing that and become consumed with the idea of miracles and revival that we don't ever join ourselves with him. This Matthew 7 is probably one of the scariest verses in the Bible to me. Because, because in our own natural eyes, when we look at somebody who's prophesying, who's casting out demons, who's healing the sick and raising the dead and doing all of these miraculous, wonderful things, when we look at them, we think they are the epitome of what it means to be a believer. That their anointing is powerful, that they're doing all of these wonderful things. But then Jesus says, all of those things are wonderful. But even then the day of judgment, I'm going to have to look at those people and say, you did all of those amazing things, but you never knew me. And I never knew you. And Jesus is saying here, like he, like he was telling the crowd, I've come to teach you the essential thing. The essential thing isn't the signs, wonders, miracles. The essential thing isn't revival. The essential thing is being so enamored with him that we join in union with him. 
that we become joined with him. Listen, it's perichoresis, that we are one with the Father and he is one with us. And when we get to that point, we will learn that that is where fulfillment is. That is where we become whole. Not when we see the entire city of Elwood come to the knowledge of Jesus. That's going to be an amazing day when that happens. And I am so believing and looking forward to that day. But that doesn't give me wholeness. My wholeness is found in one thing. My fulfillment is in one thing. I, I, know, I know preachers. I know evangelists who, who have been on the platforms of the biggest churches in America who have been on TBN many, many times giving, giving the word and, and spreading the gospel to the nations. I know of those, that's those same ministers who have seen miracles happen through their ministry. I've witnessed them. I'm talking people that I know and was able to sit under their ministry and see uh, demons literally cast out of young men and women, young teenagers, uh, right before my eyes and was able to participate in that with them and see it happen. And I've heard out of the same mouths of those preachers that all of those things were great, but none of it was fulfilling. All of it left me wanting something more. I still would go home after those services weeping because I still felt this void inside of me. And those same preachers now will tell you that there is one thing that satisfies and it's not standing in front of the biggest congregations. It's not being on TV and on national television. It's not even seeing signs, wonders, and miracles happen in your ministry, but it's seeing the face of Jesus and knowing that you are in union and right relationship with the father. And that is the one thing that brings fulfillment. That is the one thing that satisfies and causes you to be whole and full of joy and peace. It is the one thing that brings fulfillment. And I believe that what the Lord is calling us into this year is that kind of fulfillment. Some, some, I, believe, I believe there was some of us that experienced that fulfillment in 2020. And we... And here's the thing about when you're fulfilled like that, nothing moves you. You know, life can still get stressful. Things can still get complicated. Things can still happen, but it doesn't move who you are because your satisfaction isn't in a world that is perfect. God knows that's probably not going to happen until Jesus comes back, right? Our satisfaction and fulfillment is in one thing. And when our, we are on that rock, the winds and the waves can come, but it will not move us. That I believe that this year, we're gonna step into a, such a fulfillment in him that nothing will shake us. That as we seek his face, that we will find wholeness in him, amen? But here, here, here's the amazing part of all of it. Are you ready? Here's the good part of all of it. That as we find our fulfillment in him, I believe that's when we begin seeing revival, signs, wonders, and miracles. That as the disciples began, they, they followed Jesus and pursued them. They were the ones 
that began doing the work of the ministry. That the 5,000 that left when they were offended, they, they weren't performing the miracles. They weren't seeing the revival. But the 12 that followed Jesus, that became joined to the Father, they were the ones who began seeing the miracles. Let me read this to you. Miracles will happen, not because we forced his hand, but because, he, it, because that is just who he is, right? That miracles will happen, not because we pursued them, but because we pursued the one who performs the miracles. And when we are joined to him, that it just will be second nature for miracles to happen because that is just part of who he is. That, that, um, Miracles will happen not because we force his hand, but because uh, it, he is who he is. Revival will come because it can't, ha I'm sorry. Revival will come because it can't help but come when he is here. Becoming repairs of cities and restorers of communities won't be a goal that we are chasing, but it will be part of our nature because it is part of his nature. That as we pursue him, again, it, it goes back. I wasn't even planning on talking about it. When we, it goes back to perichoresis. When we become enamored with him, we allow him to be in us and us in him. And there's that unity and that, that bond between us. Then we begin performing the greater works. That greater works that, that it says, uh, that greater work, the works that he did, we will do in greater works because I go to my father who is in heaven, that when we become united with him, all of these things that we believe for become a natural byproduct of just resting and fulfillment with him. So I loved, loved hearing the words that, that were spoken from, the, from these different people this year. And I believe it all fits together like a puzzle. That I believe we are going to see hope infused into us and into our, the people around us. That we are going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. That we are going to see revival come. But it's going to come not because we chased those things, but because we chased him. And when we get him, we get all of that stuff that comes with it. Amen? Go ahead and stand with me. Hallelujah. Jesus. God, I'm again reminded of, of Psalms 22 or Psalms 27. Let me just read it. Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. One thing. Everybody say one thing with me. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. 
Therefore, I will offer sacrifice of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. This year, I believe that we are going to become a people of one thing. That one thing we desire. That yes, we want miracles. Yes, we want revival. We want all of those things. But above all of that, there is one thing that takes precedent. There is one thing that we hunger for more than we hunger for anything else. And that is to dwell on the beauty of the Lord and to inquire or to live in his tabernacle, in his presence. That we are people of one thing. That our joy and our fulfillment is not in our accomplishments. It's not in the money that we have. It's not in the desires we have being fulfilled. It's not in, in, the, in the work of the ministry or in, uh, in the anointing even. But our one thing we desire is to be in complete union and fellowship with the one who is more beautiful than anything in this world. That our wholeness is found in his eyes and in our pursuit of him. That this year we will find ourselves on a rock that cannot be moved. That though winds and waves may come and beat against us, we will not be moved or shaken. Jesus, I, I just pray, pray for each and every individual in this room. God, that we would find our fulfillment in you. God, that even this morning, as we're praying here at the end of this service, and, that, and as all eyes are on you, that Jesus, God, there'd be this sense of wholeness that just comes upon every person here. God, I don't, I, don't, I don't care what's going on in their lives right now. I know there's some difficult things happen in each, in each person's individual life. God, I know some people are dealing with some extremely difficult things, but God, I pray right now in this moment, as we set our gaze upon the one who fulfills, God, that there would be a sense of wholeness fall upon that person right now in Jesus' name. If, if Just go ahead, everybody lift your hands with me this morning. Father, I, I pray for each and every person that wholeness would come to them right now. God, that fulfillment, the void that has been in their life, God, would be filled right now in this moment. God, that though their circumstance may be stressful and difficult, God, and they may not know the way out of that circumstance. Maybe they find themselves in the valley of the shadow of death right now. God, I pray that the shepherd would appear to them right now. And that, that, that by seeing the great shepherd, God, that it would bring peace and rest and joy in the midst of the valley of death. That they would be able to feast in the midst of their enemies right now. God, I pray wholeness would come. Wholeness would come right now in Jesus' name. I feel like, I feel like we need to go ahead and give an invitation. If, if that's you this morning, if there's that void that's inside of you, if there's, if it may have lasted this year, it may have lasted before this year, maybe more recent, whatever it is, if there's a void there, if there's this longing for something, that, that has not been able to be satisfied, then I, I just want to invite you to come forward this morning and let us pray with you. 
Go ahead and make your way up to the front now. And we just want to spend a little bit of time praying for you this morning. That this year wouldn't be a year like the previous years. That this year you wouldn't be searching and longing for something real, but that there would be a a fullness and a fulfillment in you this year. That you'll be able to tackle even the most difficult situations with peace and joy and rest because your fulfillment is not in those things calming down, but your fulfillment is in Him.